Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there will be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Please welcome Bro Ola. Once again, I want to thank God for another opportunity to share God's word with you. Um, I like the way Paul put it. Paul says, now unto the King Eternal. Immortal, invisible, the holy wise God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, good day, listeners. It's a privilege um, to bring God's word to you again. I, I'm just praying that we would all learn something, um, something strong that would um, alter the course of our lives. Thank you, Father. The scripture says, in your light, we see light. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you for today. In the name of Jesus Christ, blessed be your name, O Lord, as you speak to us today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. So today, I'm going to be doing the second part of the message, Just an Old Sunday School Story. It's um, the story of a rich man on Lazarus. So today, um, we all know the story of a rich man and the Lazarus in the interest of time. I won't read it, but it's in Luke 16, verses, 9, verses 19 to 34. But today, we would like um, be camping at verse 20. And I read, At this gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores. Um, I think that's probably where we're just going to stay today. Um, in the first part of the, of the message, we focused on the rich man. For this part, we are going to focus on Lazarus. Um, we're going to look at Lazarus as a type of a Christian. Uh, let me say a thing or two about typologies. I, uh, I have, um, typologies. Uh, people have, so many errors have come when people do not understand how to use typology. In typology, you only draw similarities. You don't seek to match everything for everything. Um, item for item often lead to errors. Um, so we're going to, we're just going to be picking some similarity that we see in Lazarus' life and the life of an average Christian. Um, so you, and that's the point of, um, most of Jesus' parable you would see that you can't match item from item. It's usually to teach a lesson or a set of lessons. When you begin to do so many things and you would, people, it usually leads to error. So, um, the first thing, the first point we're going to look at today is, um, and at his gate, the location of Lazarus, gates. It, if you are a Christian, like Lazarus, you must be at the gates. 
you must always be in between worlds. You must live conscious of eternity. You, you gate signifies, gate signifies, um, a border. You know, I, um, Hebrews 13, 14 says in the New Living Translation, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. The ultimate gain of a Christian, of the Christian faith is eternity with God. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. That is where our hearts should always be as believers. We must never be at the table of this world. Friendship with God means enmity against, friendship with the world means enmity against God, according to James 4.4. 4. So 1 Peter 3.11 says, Dear friends, I hold you as foreigners and exiles. Foreigners and exiles. Foreigner. So we are, we are a foreigner here. Do you know that? To abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. We are foreigners. That's what, that's what Apostle Peter said. Do you have a sense that you are a foreigner here? Paul, Paul even made it more graphic. He said, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world. If your Christianity, if your walk with God is just, is, is just here, then we are more to be pitied. You must live in a consciousness of time. You must be at the gate. You must be at the border. You must be aware. Thank God I'm an immigrant to Canada, originally from Nigeria. You don't have to remind me of Nigeria. I, I, 24 hours, it's, it's me. It's me. That is how you should live. It's so unfortunate that the message of heaven is all about God in the church. The second point is the phrase, a beggar named Lazarus. At this gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with souls. We're still looking at Luke 16, 20. Being a beggar signifies poverty. Every Christian, it signifies dependence on other people. Every Christian must possess poverty. Poverty of the Spirit, Jesus said. Because that's the key to heaven. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Being a beggar means complete dependence on others. For us as Christians, that dependence must be on God. Paul captured it this way. But, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Grace means that he had no impute. He brought nothing to the table. He was poor. Poor in spirit, poor as a beggar, maybe even poorer, not in material things, but in the things of the Spirit. You too must be as a believer in Christ. Jesus said in John 15, 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Have you come to that place of total dependence of God? The third point today is that phrase. The phrase, it was covered with sores. Lazarus sores. It was covered with sores. What do the sores symbolize? Jesus alluded to it in the Good Samaritan story. I'm not going to read the whole story, but let us look at two verses. Luke 10, 30 and Luke 10, 34. In reply, Jesus said, Luke 10, 30, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They engaged him, they, they stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 34, that this is what the good Samaritan did. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, his wounds, his sores, pouring oil and wine. So what are wounds? Wounds are from the attack from the thieves. And what, what did Jesus call thief? The Satan. The thief comes not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil. Wounds are the pains and the adversity of being in this fallen world. Attacks of the devil at his, and his minions. Wounds come from when the devil or his minions do their stealing, killing, or destroying. Wounds come from experiencing what Jesus described as trials and sorrows in John 16, verse 33. I read in the New Living Translation, I have told you so that you, so that you may have peace. Here on heart, you will have many trials and sorrow, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Wounds are those things that may take your heart if you are not living conscious of Jesus' victory. Jesus said, you, to mitigate the trials and the sorrows, the wounds, is you have to live conscious of the victory of God. Wounds are also the cost of following Jesus. Second Timothy 3 verse 12 said in Nineveh, yes, and everyone who, and everyone who will live a godly life will suffer persecution. Those are wounds. And the last thing, wounds come from seeing, from seeing the sin and the unrighteousness in this world. Second Peter 2 is, for the righteous man living amongst them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If the level of naturalization of sin and celebration of sin going on in the world does not cut your heart, then something has happened to your righteous soul. I'm going to end with, remember, you are not ever meant to be at the table. Friendship with God, friendship with the world is enmity with God, if you are a believer. Remember, you are to live completely dependent on God. Remember, wounds may come, but there is the victory of Christ. Never, let the wounds remain. But also, if your heart is no longer touched by sin, if you are okay with it, something has happened to your righteous soul. I'm going to leave you with the word that Paul said. He said, examine yourself, whether you are in the faith. He says, examine yourself. First, uh, Second Corinthians 
So examine yourself if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is in you. If, if not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Have you failed the test of genuine faith? God bless you. Thanks again. Hallelujah. Friend, the entrance of the world bringeth understanding and life. Haven't listened to this word today. Do you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Haven't listened to this word. Do you need to come back to the matter? Are you like the prodigal son? Examine your faith. Examine yourself whether you're still in faith. But the opportunity is now and is an honor to lead through the cross of Jesus, the Messiah. And pray with me now and mean it with your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I've examined myself and I repent of my sins. I repent for compromising with this world and the systems of this world. I ask you now to cleanse me with the precious blood you shed at Calvary. And I thank you, Lord, that as you do this, I confess that you're now my Lord and Savior. And I give you praise for it. I give you praise for it. Friend, if you said this prayer, we are happy to send you some resources to help you in your work with God. Find a spirit-filled Bible-believing church where you can go to be nurtured and trained in the things of God. And until next time, this is Pastor Joe. Many blessings. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7745. Thank you. Bye for now.